Good afternoon. It is uh, 12 o'clock and welcome today's, to, to today's edition of the Money Whip at Meadows show. My name is Rijk van Nikerk and this show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, Leaders in Business. Well, it seems to be another good day on the markets. The screens are pretty green. Uh, on the all share, uh, on the JSE, the all share is up 0.8%, the top 40, 0.9%. Resources up uh, 1.3%, industrials 0.9%, financials up nearly half a percent, and even the gold sector performed really well today, currently just under one, uh, 0%, 0.1%. Um, if we look at the individual stocks that are um, doing well, Kumba Iron Ore up 3.8%, Diskem 2.6%, Glencore uh, and Barlow World up 2.4%, Sabanya Gold also up 2.4%, but with implants too with Sassel and Anglo, also around the 2% increases. On the downside, Sunlum down 2.3% to 73.75. Anglo Gold uh, and Mediclinic around 1.5%. PSG also 1.2%. Uh, so uh, some of the miners actually performing quite well. If we look at uh, international markets, uh, in London the FTSE is uh, relatively flat. The DAX and CAC 40 are up uh, nearly uh, 0.3%, between 0.3 and 0.4%. Earlier in uh, Southeast Asia, the Nikkei gained nearly 0.9%. Shanghai was down um, 0.2%, while the Hang Seng also rose by 0.8%. Dow Jones futures up uh, 0.3%. That follows uh, on a good performance last night. Uh, the gold price um, uh, slightly higher, 1000 $298, Brent crude $75.61, platinum um, uh, also slightly higher $906, palladium $1,018, um, the capital market the R186 currently trading at 8.67%, um, Bitcoin uh, in dollars $7,696, that is up slightly and in rand $101,971 rand. On the currency markets, uh, the rand currently trading um, at 12.74 against the dollar, 17.14 against the pound, and 15 rand and six cents against the euro. So slight uh, strengthening there. On the line is Simon Brown from Just One Lap. Simon, uh, we've seen uh, well, good good afternoon. We, we've seen a, quite a strong performance of the JSC this week, um, and uh, it seems like today is not going to be different. Uh, afternoon, right? Absolutely. We've actually had a, a, a couple of good days in, in, in a row now. This, this comes for number three. Um, and what's, what, what we are noting is that our, 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 we mentioned the Fini 15 up uh, what, 0.4 of a percent, which is lagging the overall market. The top 40 is up a percent or so. Um, but certainly the banks have been under severe pressure. Uh, in truth, ahead of the, G, the announcement on GDP, which came in at negative 2.2, um, but particularly post that, they really came under pressure, and 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 they're at least, I suppose, finding some some traction. Um, whereas, for example, yesterday we had lots of green across our screens, but the banks were still dragging us down. They're at least also getting some interest from the market this morning. Mm. But why are the banks uh, down so much? Uh, is it just a deterioration in the economic environment? Yeah, I, I think it, I, I think the first part of the equation is that the banks have actually done incredibly well. And if we go back to to firing of then finance minister Nkankanenen, that's now December 2015, so two and a half years ago. Uh, Standard Bank was trading around 100 rand. It's doubled since then. 
Um, and, and truthfully, you know, that, that, that caught me by surprise. I really didn't expect to, we would see such movement from the banks uh, post that and, 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 and into the sort of dark days of the end of President Zuma's uh, presidency. But they certainly have run hard, absolutely been the exceptional Barclays Africa group, as they're still called. Um, aside from that, the others have all done incredibly well. So they're at very rich valuations already. We then take that with, uh, uh, you know, are, we, are the interest rate cycle perhaps going to be turning to up instead of down? Uh, we see that GDP number come through earlier in the week, suddenly spooking the market uh, in, in terms of just, you know, the conditions locally on the ground in South Africa for consumers, i.e. their spending and also their, their ability to repay debt. And you couple that with high valuations, and I think it just spooked the market and bought some of those stocks down quite markedly. Well, today doesn't seem to be that bad. Barclays Africa up uh, 0.2%. First Rand up 0.65%. NetBank up 1%. uh, Rand Merchantback also up 1%, as well as uh, Standard Bank. So there seems to be some appetite at these depressed levels. There absolutely is. And, and I think, I mean, if, if we look at the banks, and, and I talk about their, 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 their valuations being, being quite stretched, I mean, we need to quantify that. And, the, the, you know, Standard Bank at 100 Rand was truthfully very, very cheap. But also they, they've got, they're really solid from a, from a fundamental perspective. If we look at, 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 at how they've been, you know, their capital adequacy ratios, if, if we look at their, their bad debts, their impairment levels are floating around somewhere between, I think, 0.42 at the best levels and 0.86% at the worst levels, which are which are really good levels. You know, I, you would expect if we go back to the, the crisis of 809, uh, impairment levels, bad debts went out to, to around 2%. So they've been lending very cautiously. So they don't have excessive risks on their balance sheets. Um, so whilst their growth has been you know, single low digit uh, in, in, in most cases, um, the, the market's been saying that's fine. You know, there's no real hiccup. There's no real risk down the road for them. It's not like we're going to suddenly see potentially bad debts explode or anything like that. They've managed their balance sheets incredibly well during a very, very tough time. That has therefore obviously taken some, some of the growth off the table for them but positioned them well, and therefore kind of to a degree justifies the, the, the valuation. You, you can make an argument that says, well, okay, on, on these PEs, which aside from Barclays Africa, which is still sitting sub-10, you know, the banks are sitting on PEs around 12 or 13, which is expensive for a bank, but can they, can they grow into that PE? In other words, you know, mm-hmm. could they give us perhaps for, for this year maybe a, a, an 8 or a 10 or 12% growth and perhaps the following year give us a, a 12 or a 15% growth? And then those valuations don't look so bad. But it is why GDP at minus 2.2 suddenly spooks the market. But I think the market then goes back to those balance sheets, rerun their numbers and say, you know, these banks are on sound footing. They're not a, a, an Italian bank or a Deutsche bank or you know, some of these other banks that, 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 that there's genuine concerns around. Um, our banks are incredibly well capitalized and been incredibly well managed over the last couple of years. Well, uh, we've also seen, I've seen a Reuters report today that some central banks in the emerging markets are a bit concerned about what the Fed will do uh, next week when uh, there's an expectation of an interest rate hike in the U.S. Um, and, uh, you know, th- there's a belief that uh, this may lead to some fluctuation in currencies as well as uh, a sell-off in emerging markets. Do you think those uh, fears are justified, seeing that we've been waiting for this increase for quite some while now? 
<laughs> I, I, I think the increase perhaps less so. I mean, certainly, you know, to your point, we've been expecting, whether it was three or four increases this year, there's certainly been the expectation we would have them. The surprise would be if there was only two or perhaps five. But I think there's more feeding into it. We saw jobs start, start out of the U.S. that, that you know, unemployment at 3.8%, which is a staggering number. The New York Times summed it up best, and they said, you know, frankly, we are out of words to describe this. Um, and and, and what, what, what the situation then is, you know, if we've got unemployment in the U.S. at 3.8%, we're going to start seeing wage inflation. That will start seeing inflation feed through into the broader economy. That will mean you might only get our three or four increases this year, but we've probably got another three or four next year, which means the U.S. rates are finally going to start normalizing. Uh, we've seen that with the 10-year, which went through uh, 3% up to 3.12, or there's about pulled back, but is again today trading up close to the, the 3% level. Um, and, and, and that all then couples with, with the stronger dollar. So I think there is concern that, 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 that we're going to see those rate increases in the U.S. And what that simply means is that if, if you can you know, go and buy uh, Fed uh, Treasury notes and, and guarantee yourself a 3 or 4% uh, return, why are you going to go and buy yourself something you know, risky equity that might give you 10 or 12, but truthfully might give you minus 10 or 12? Mm-hmm. Um, so it pulls money out of, out of economies. That will happen to a degree in the U.S., but obviously emerging markets. And we've seen those, those, those concerns around it sort of feeding through in the year. And if we look at global markets, and you mentioned in the intro, you know, Nikkei 225 in Japan looking strong, uh, uh, FTSE 100 in the UK looking strong, uh, the US markets, NASDAQ at all-time highs, S&P, Dow Jones, just off those all-time highs, whereas emerging markets are, are, are a different picture entirely. They're, frankly, at best looking flat. Simon Brown is uh, from Just One Lap. Is the land expropriation without compensation plan the biggest threat to the new dawn as promised by new president Cyril Ramaphosa? Can SA make any progress against the background of increasing protest action, strikes and low economic growth? Attend the Brenthurst Wealth SA Quo Vada seminar series hosted in association with MoneyWeb to hear the insights of five leading experts. Magnus Haystack of Brenthurst, Ralph Mateja, political analyst, Magda Verzitska of Signia, Glenn Owen of Momentum, and Jean-Pierre Fastard of Fairtree Capital. Bookings at www.quicket.co.za. Search for Brenthurst. Um, Stentrop uh, produced, uh, published, well, published results for the full year to March today. Net asset value of 1.41 pounds. That is slightly 3.7% higher than the previous year. And a final dividend of 4 pence, uh, which brings the total dividend of the year to 8 pence. Um, and this uh, represents a dividend yield of around 6% on the current share price. On the line from London is Paul Aronson. He is the CEO of Stentrop. Uh, Paul, welcome to the show. Uh, NAV increase of 3.7% and a dividend yield of around 6%. Are you happy? Uh, yes, very happy. Um, uh, you know, we've delivered on our forecasts and it's exactly in line with what we were pro- projecting. So we're very happy. Mm-hmm. There the are ex- exciting times ahead. You are listing on the uh, London Stock Exchange next week uh, in, the, in, in the REIT sector. Uh, you know, just take us through the, the thinking there and what do you think it will be the impact on the company? <coughs> Uh, yes, it's extremely exciting. We're listing, hopefully, all those to plan on Friday, next Friday, the 15th of June. 
Um, we think that the London market is going to be very receptive to our shares. Um, the brokers who are numerous have just brought out their report, came out today, which is very positive, and it's a peer analysis which shows um, all of our peers, and most of those are trading at or above uh, net asset value. So if we were trading it at or above net asset value, we would be trading at 141. Um, we're, we're actually trading at about 112 to 114 at the moment, about a 25% discount to our net asset value. Uh, they like our strategy very much of going into the multi-debt industrial space. It's a space that's pregnant with value. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a very, there's shrinking supply and excess demand and strong rental growth, and they really like the sector. We're going to speak to about that just in a while. Um, I just want uh, the, the, the JSC listing, um, that's currently your primary listing. Will that remain? Uh, that will continue to remain as a primary listing. Uh, the listing that we're going to have in London, they don't distinguish between primary and secondary because we're going to be listed on the um, special fund segment of the main market, which is on the London Stock Exchange. It's not on AIM or any subsidiary market. It's on the LSE. We would have been on the premium segment, but we need to have, for that, you need 25% of your shares to be held in the European economic area, and we only have about 10% of them at the moment. But um, numerous who are brokers have taken us to see a number of fund managers in London, and there's been strong buying from them already in South Africa in anticipation of the, of the listing. They, li- they seem to like the story. Mm. Uh, are there plans to increase the, 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 the float in, in London? Uh, no, we don't need to raise any capital. So we're really doing the listing in order to um, enable the UK market to access our shares. Um, because we're becoming a UK-focused business, we've, we've decided to focus our entire business on multi-led, on UK multi-led industrial. We wanted to list in, in London. We also felt that would uh, reduce the discount to net asset value because most of the other companies that are in those kind of sectors and are uk focused are trading, they don't trade at a discount to net, net asset value um, in this particular sector. So um, so we're really coming there to facilitate liquidity and to um, you know, enable investors who wanting our share to, to participate. But we have a strong balance sheet and we're planning to sell our Swiss and German assets and to rotate the proceeds into multi-let. So we don't really need to raise capital at this stage. Mm. I've just done a back of a matchbox uh, calculation, and it seems like in, on the JSC you also traded around 25% discount to the NAV. Um, so there could be quite a, a significant upside come next week, Friday, if all goes to plan. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a one day wonder, but um, you know, once people start to appreciate what we're doing, we do have to transition into becoming a focused multi led industrial. At the moment, it only represents 23% of our portfolio. But as they see, everything that we've been selling, we're getting our valuations or better. We've actually got either valuation or better. So people will see that those values are real. Mm. Um, in your results statement, you uh, are actually quite uh, bullish on the multi-let industrial sector in the UK. Uh, I'm not a property expert, but what exactly is a multi-let industrial uh, business? Oh, okay, that's a good question. Um, multi-led industrial businesses uh, units are 
light industrial. Uh, industrial is probably the wrong word for them. In sort of 20 years ago, there used to be small sort of spaces where people were doing manufacturing processes. But what you're now finding is because of the internet, a lot of uh, sort of internet-connected businesses are using those spaces. So they're typically about 300 square meters in size. They've got a little office, a little kitchen, set of toilets, and then the rest is just basic working space. They're typically on a gated estate, so there'll be 20 or 30 of them in one space. You go through a gate and you, each person's got their working space and their little office, and um, and it's just sort of very um, useful sort of space. And what you're finding now is, for example, the music shop that used to be on the high street selling to the local town can now operate, can have all their stock in, in a little unit like that and through the internet can sell to the whole country. Um, like one of our tenants, for example, is someone who works out that every website has photographs of merchandise, so they've set up sets and you can send your merchandise to them and they've industrialized the photography business of that and so they'll return the merchandise, they'll return photographs to you professionally done, you know, within 24 hours. So, um, you know, you, you have Uber Eats, I don't know if you have Uber mm. Eats there, but um, the most successful restaurants in each town, uh, now what Uber Eats are starting to do or Deliveroo is, is have a dark kitchen. So you'll have one kitchen in a multi-industrial unit with the four best restaurants sort of using four kitchens in that unit and then all the takeaways being delivered from there. So they, they're in and around densely populated areas and they just service the local community. So it's also the guys who are doing, you know, the plumber who needs to keep all these things in, in one place and service all the boilers in that sort of town um, mm. you know, th- those sort of things. Just, uh, you know, time is running out fast. We have around one minute. Um, but, Paul, uh, why the focus on that specific sector? Well, the focus on that specific sector is because a lot of the supply has been, there's no new supply. We're buying it at a discount to the replacement value. So in order to bring on new supply, we estimate that rents have to rise by about 50% to make it economic for developers to build new ones. So there's no new supply. And if there is land available, it usually goes to residential. And the Internet's spawning a lot of demand. So you've got excess demand and diminishing supply, which is going to translate into big rental growth. Mm. I wanted to make one other point. Sorry, you mentioned that our, we're on a 6% dividend deal. We're actually on a 7% dividend deal at this price because we paid 8 pence for the year. And our share price is roughly about £1.14, so that's 7%. Mm. Thank you for correcting me there. Well, Paul, all of the best for the listing next week and uh, all, all success uh, with your ventures there. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. That was Paul Aronson. He is the CEO of Steenprop. Unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. And this show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. The CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. Well, my name is Raik Vanikark and thank you for tuning in. 